This episode of Bushwick's Breakaway is brought to you by a patron supporter. He wrote this ad. His name's David. Here we go. Your friendly UPS man, constantly driving around in those big brown trucks on snowy days, rainy days, cold days, or even those miserable hot days and bringing you your packages. Just remember to offer him a bottle of water. Also, if he's wearing those short shorts, make sure you check out those legs. So listen. I know I do. If you want to become a patron supporter in the future for Blue Shirts Breakaway, you can go to patreon.com slash Breakaway. I know that was pretty obvious. And you can support us and we'll get you a bunch of different gifts, Discord, our Discord channel where we do some chats, some ranger stuff for the offseason, and also uh, bonus episodes and some other goodies. So listen, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash Breakaway. It's the only time I talk about it on today's podcast, which I know is usually I'm trying to stop Greg from talking about it. But I had to do it at the ad section this time. Thanks, David, for that ad. Treat your UPS man right. We go deep on Mika this episode, more than one inch. Let's go. Hey, Busher Breakaway fans. Welcome to another stunning, lovely week of the Busher, the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Gregory Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Well, we're going full name today? Yeah, I figured it's a full name kind of day. You know what we don't have to talk about today? Anything? Yeah, pretty much anything. We're going to try and, and plow through this one. I, if you listened to last week's episode, speaking of plowing, huh. um, uh, we touched on a lot of different topics. It was. Uh, I want to just thank everyone for the lovely amount of responses we got. Uh, surprisingly, not a lot of negative feedback. Uh, mostly the most feedback we've gotten for any podcast, and uh, it was a 40 magical minutes with our good friend Woj, who gave us a shout-out on his podcast this week, so that was very nice of him. Uh, he had a yeah, lovely, I think, lovely guest on named Lindico. I think, I think Gramps had a heart attack, and that's why we didn't get an email. Yeah, Gramps might not be, he's not doing too well. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast, what are you doing? Uh, please go back <laughs> and listen to the 35-minute onward. Uh, if, you're not, if you don't care about the Tyler Bozak trade, that's not going to happen, that I'm sure we'll touch on tonight. Uh, that was a lovely trip, but on tonight's podcast, we will be discussing uh, the Mika Zibinijad contract that is not yet. That will happen as soon as we stop recording this podcast. Uh, Kevin Shackenkirk getting 22. Uh, reality check with all Ranger fans, and then a bunch of nonsense, including me making a huge mistake that Greg's going to rip me on. Us doing Coco Loco in the back of a car in Queens, and some Game of Thrones and some Phelps for a shark talk. So that's where we're at right now. You you know how close I came to throwing up in the back of your car, right? Yes, I'm very aware of this, and you can see it on your face. There's actually a moment. Uh, we'll get to it in the nonsense. Let's talk Rangers first. Um, <laughs> I think it's best to do that. Let's start with uh, the the headline for today, which goes to show you how slow of a day it is. It's Mika Zibanejad's contract uh, went through sort of uh, the arbitration process, and Zibanejad asked the Rangers for uh, 5.35 million, which I think is a pretty reasonable offer, and the Rangers countered with 4.1 million dollars, which might seem like a lowball offer, and it is, uh, but this, to me, is just standard negotiating pro- uh, practice. Is that, am I correct in assuming that, Gregory? Yeah. You don't offer the guy what you actually want to pay him. You, you offer a number lower than what you want to give him because you want him to come under the number that you're willing to actually give him. So say the Rangers are willing to give him... I bet the Rangers are willing to give him maybe a shade under 4.9. The Rangers wouldn't start at 4-9. You never start at the number you actually want to pay someone. You start at the number that you wish in your head the player would be willing to accept, which it'd be surprising if Zibanejad ever took 4.1, but it wouldn't necessarily blow my socks off. Uh, I think anything anything below 4 million would have been outrageous on the Rangers' end. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, this is negotiating one-on-one. You never start... Never start with the number you actually want to pay someone or the number you're comfortable paying someone. You come up from your initial number because you hope that the other negotiating party comes down from their number and you meet in the middle. And I'm sure that's what the Rangers are doing. They're smart. They're fine. Yeah, my first reaction when I first got this news from you was that, wow, that's a real lowball offer from the Rangers. And it took me three seconds to realize, wow, that's just standard negotiating practice. There's nothing wrong with this. They're not insulting me because I've been a Jedi by doing this. They're pretty much just laying the groundwork for you know, the future contract to come. I bet it ends up being $5 million, uh, as Greg receives texts through the podcast. And oh, did you hear that? I didn't even hear that. Oh, yeah. You got, you got two texts right now, buddy. I got you. No, uh, one, was a, one was a story about Nolan Patrick because the NHL app thinks I give a shit about that, and the other was a Snapchat. Okay. 
All right, very good. Uh, so Mika's a bit of dad. He'll probably end up getting a $5 million contract, or maybe 4.9. I think the yeah, I think it's going to come under five. I think I think it'll be somewhere in that four, anywhere between four six and four nine. It wouldn't surprise me. And also, I think the the terms of the deal are probably like what? How many years do you think it's going to be? It's a bridge uh, deal, or is it going to be a I five would, year? No, I really don't want it to be a bridge deal. Me either. Uh, Mika, I understand why Mika wants it to be short term because. Mika can cash in twice, which is great for him. But if I'm the Rangers, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with anything for less than five years. It's just he's a 24-year-old top six center who has scored 50 points in a season before and was on pace for at least that last year and was easily your best forward in the playoffs. No, I, if I'm re-signing Mika, I'm, I'm not happy if I get him for anything less than five years. Are we sure the Mika's a bit of that we saw last year? Is the real Mika Zibanejad, whereas he was maybe he was overperforming last year, and we're going to pay him for that one-year performance in limited time, considering he also got hurt. Or is this sort of we we know he's you know developing as a player and he's going to blossom and lead this team in the future? I don't think any player at 24 is guaranteed to just maintain their level of play. If anything, 24, you're still trying to reach your prime. I, it's not like Mika hasn't performed like this before. It's just he did it in Ottawa. People weren't necessarily watching. He's got, he's got multiple successful seasons under his belt with the Senators. I think people saying, oh, he's a one-year wonder, is only looking at him from the viewpoint of he's only played with the Rangers one year and kind of ignoring everything he did in Ottawa that made him a valuable player and worth the investment the Rangers are about to give them. It's important to remember, this is the guy that was the main piece of a trade that sent Derek Broussard out of New York. Derek Broussard is not some scrub center himself. He's a top six center and the Rangers got a top six center in return who is years younger. And at the time was millions cheaper. So I, I, the talk of Mika Zibanejad being a one year wonder is just ignoring his track record as a whole. He's been very good for the last three years and he, has taken a step forward each of those years. It's just Ranger fans only saw it for a year because he's only been a Ranger a year. If he did, if Mika had the seasons he had in Ottawa for the last two years, and then the season he had last year in New York, we'd all be talking about him being one of the best up and coming centers in the NHL. But it's almost like, it's almost like Rangers, Ranger fans are trying to find an excuse to not pay him money that he's deserved, or they're trying to find an excuse that, discredits the career Mika Zibanejad has had right now. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think we can both agree right now that you'd rather have Mika Zibanejad than Derek Broussard, right? Oh, yeah. Ten times out of ten. Over the next five years, Mika's going to be a better player. Absolutely. So this is what's kind of surprising to me from the Ottawa side of things. Now, Ottawa beat us in the playoffs, so I can't talk any real shit. Um, But what I can say is this. Broussard makes $4 million. If I'm Ottawa, I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't just keep Mika Zibanejad. And then pay him five mil over the next five years. No, but you have to remember the one of the main reasons why that Ottawa Senators trade happened is Ottawa's ownership group is insanely cheap, and Derek Broussard's cap hit last year was higher than his actual salary. So the Senators looked at that deal as getting a still very productive center for someone they knew was about to become expensive, and. They paid a premium to get the kind of player that Broussard was for the physical money he's making versus the cap hit that he is playing under. I, I think a lot of that move last year from the Senators' side was financially motivated. I, I don't think they had any intention of ever coming close to the money that Mika Zibanejad want, is going to make and wanted to make. So they traded him maybe for a couple cents on the dollar to get a player like Derek Broussard and then giving up the second, the, the part of the trade that doesn't make any sense was the senators throwing in a second round pick as well. That doesn't make any sense uh, at all. Right. That I, I think on paper, Zibanejad for Broussard, it's trading. It's very, I mean, it's not fair to compare it to Shea Weber for PK, PK Subban. Not at all. But it's, it's, it's a trade in the similar mold where the senators were getting a known quantity for the now that was going to be effective and, a positive for the team versus trading someone that has the potential to be simply better than the player you are getting in return. And it's, it's what the senators did They're I look, the, there's no nice way to put it. And I think if we brought 
Ross back on, who we had before the playoff series, I think he'd be the first one to tell you that the Senators' ownership is cheap. Right. And yeah. it's that it's just when they when you're making a trade from the perspective of your pay- payroll versus the perspective of the product on the ice, you, you're going to get different. You're going to get different results from that trade than if you were trying to do talent for talent. So the Senators wanted to save money. They did. Uh, good job by them. Thank they, you. Look, thank you. I appreciate us. it so much. They beat us in the playoffs last year, but I think the Rangers are going to be a better team over the next five years because we have Mika Zibanejad than the Senators because they have Derek Broussard. I, uh, I'm a very big fan of Mika Zibanejad. He hasn't uh, become one of my favorite Rangers yet, and I don't know why. I haven't become bonded to him. Maybe this year will be like that year. Like I, I immediately was bonded to Brady Shea, and maybe that's because he was sort of a rookie up-and-comer, but I was like, oh, Brady Shea is definitely on my top five Ranger list, but I did not feel that way about about Mika Zibanejad, and I haven't pretty much the whole year. Do you think that's because he was injured, or it's because he hasn't really shown his personality? And do any Rangers really show their personality? That's a good question. I think it's the injury. I think if you got 81 games of Mika Zibanejad, and he did, was it, look, we loved him in the playoffs, and imagine if he was doing what he did in the playoffs for six additional weeks that we just didn't have him on the ice. We'd be, we'd be, so this guy was on pace for 50-plus points. He was on pace for 20 goals. He was, he was crushing it when he was healthy. He was creating opportunities for the players around them, and there was no line more dominant for the Rangers at any point in the season than when it was Kreider, Zibanejad, and Buchnevich. That's very and true. I, I think it's been so long since we've seen that line Ugh. that it it it's hard to when you couple the injury with the fact that that line hasn't played together and didn't play together in the postseason. Uh, I, I guess I can understand it. Um, I'm a little surprised his his postseason performance is. It feels like it's getting brushed away really quickly. I, I, Because when everyone's talking about Zibanejad, it, it always goes back to the injury and the fact that he was on pace for X amount of points. But I, I, I'm yet to see a lot of people – look, the first thing I would do with Mika Zibanejad is say, of every Ranger that played in the postseason, Mika Zibanejad was their best forward. And I don't think it was close. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone can claim that throne for Mika Zibanejad. I, I, there is no argument for anyone else that – Put on, except Tanner Glass, of course, but that, that goes without saying. Oh, come on. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I think the injury hurt him in terms of player uh, fans having an understanding of what kind of guy Zibanejad is day in and day out. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know how Ranger fans can sit back, watch that postseason, and all of a sudden not want to, not feel comfortable with this guy being a focal point of the Rangers' top six for the next five years. Well, A.B. came out, I'm looking up the quote right now, uh, A.B. came right out after the playoff series and was like, Zibanejad needs to play better. When, and we, both of us were yeah. like, what yeah, but talking A.B.'s about? A.B.'s an idiot. This is a guy that played Dan Girardi top-line minutes, Mark Stahl and Nick Holden in crunch time, and put Tanner Glass in the lineup over Pavel Buchnevich. You're going to, like, don't tell me anything, A.B. says. He's clear. The only thing A.B. has proven to be, to me, is a good regular season coach who's also a fucking idiot. Like, that. that's what A.B. is. <laughs> we're so nice to him here. We are uh, AV. AV is George Carl. That's a pretty good comparison, actually. George Carl has, is, I think, top five in NBA history and wins, and doesn't have a ring to show for it. And he went to, I think, he went to a finals with the Sonics in the '90s. I don't know if he went to a finals. He never took Mello to the finals with the Nuggets. No, he um, hated Mello. Uh, he didn't do much with the Bucks. He buried him. Remember, Mello didn't have a dad, and that's why he was a bad player. Exactly. Yeah, AV. AV is George Carl. In terms of coaching, great in the regular season, but once you get to the playoffs, man, you wish you had someone else. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, actually, this is a, a interesting point. Do you think the injury actually saved the Rangers money long term? So if, if Mika did have a, a full season of playing and he achieved all these points and, and kind of milestones for the season, they would have to pay him more than the five mil, maybe five years they're going to pay him now. Uh, I think it did, but I don't think it's a significant amount of money. I think the difference is maybe... If Zibanejad played a healthy season, the numbers would have been Zibanejad asking for six and the Rangers offering something in the high fours or low fives and them settling at maybe five and a half. Right. Um, so, you know, we're talking 600000 maybe a year. So put that over five years, you're looking at $2 million, a little bit, little bit more than $2 million. Um, they're saving some money, but I, I wouldn't say it's – a significant amount of money. I think Zibanejad, had he, had he had another 50-point season, he would have been right to ask for six. The Rangers would have been fair to offer four, four, eight, and then they would have settled at about 
five four or five five, and that's the going rate for twenty four year old centers with multiple fifty point seasons under their belt. And I think that's fine. If we sign Mika Zibanejad for five years, five million, I'm a very happy man. He will sign immediately after this podcast is posted. So, oh, absolutely, uh, this, absolutely. It happens every single time. So congratulations, Mika, on your contract. We'll figure out from there. Let's move on from Mika. Other news. I will. Let me just oh. say this: the it would be. It would be terrible business for the Rangers to sign him to a bridge deal. Oh, that's awful, awful business because you you'd get him probably cheaper. I bet on a bridge deal. Just look at Jacob Truba. Jacob Truba is making three million dollars on a two year two year deal, so he's making six million over two years. Uh, but if the Jets want to keep Jacob Truba after those two years, they're gonna they're gonna pay him well north of Shattenkirk money. He's he's gonna command seven million a year, and the Rangers. If they give Zibanejad two million two years, they'll probably settle for that. I would think even around four a year. I think he'd even go lower than the Rangers number just to get to free agency a little faster. But the conversation we just had, he he goes from being a little bit more expensive if he stayed healthy last year to being a you know near seven million dollar a year player if you give him a bridge deal and then have to sign him again. Me, uh, you saying uh, Shattenkirk money? And then me realizing what that really means just makes me smile. It's, it, is, it is such a good contract, and I still can't get over that he signed it. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate his hairline is so goddamn awful. Yeah, it's not a hairline anymore. He shaved it's, it off. Now yeah, it's just a bald head. That's true. It, I don't know why he didn't do that sooner, to be honest with you. Hey, to touch on bridge deals one more time, we were going to move to Shattenkirk, but are we starting to regret the JT Miller bridge deal at this point? Or is I this- don't think so. Um, mostly because when the Rangers signed Miller to that bridge deal – JT Miller always had the potential to have the kind of season he had last year, but he hadn't put together anything more than a productive two weeks for you to really feel comfortable giving him even three and a half, four million dollars a year. He hadn't. I, I understand that you never give a player a contract for past performance. You pay him for what you think he's going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think. Going into even last season, I think it was uh, you had there are as many outcomes of JT Miller flaming out as there were JT Miller breaking out. And thank goodness the Rangers got him on the breakout. But players like JT Miller and Kevin Hayes, who show potential but haven't put together a complete body of work yet, there's a lot of them. There, there are a lot of them. And I, I it's always good to give it hockey is different from other sports where it's always good to give a player more years before their 30th birthday, obviously, just because of how the finances work with the salary cap of the NHL. I mean, it's also but, a young man's sport, like when it comes down yeah, to it. Yeah, but at, at, at the same time, you give you give long-term deals to players like Victor Arvidsson, Mika Zibanejad, guys who have proven. Arvidsson, I guess, I don't know. I, Arvidsson's game's so good that I think it's a little different conversation. than If JT Miller had a season like Victor Arvidsson did last year, and then the Rangers only gave him a bridge deal, I would have a problem with that. The problem is JT Miller had a very up and down, hot and cold. He's a streaky moving... scorer in general. Well, not just – I mean, everyone – there are only so many players that aren't streaky scorers it's in like the seven. NHL. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that that that's not as much. It's more – JT Miller wasn't creating offensive scoring opportunities as often as he did last year. I think – I I personally would rather the Rangers make an error in giving a young player too many years than too few. But at the same time, I can totally see their justification for bridging Hayes and Miller because Hayes and Miller hadn't put together even one season like Zibanejad had in Ottawa. If Miller had a 50-point season under his belt, they would have never bridged him. Yeah, they would have five-yard him pretty easily. But but Miller was inconsistent and had a hard time staying in the lineup, quite honestly, before last year. And look, his game took off. The Rangers are going to be better next year because of JT Miller's game, able to take that step last year. I, Yeah, it sucks that the Rangers are going to have to renegotiate that contract sooner than they would like. But at the same time, also, JT Miller now deserves that renegotiation. When you were first negotiating with them, They'd rather play it safe for a player that was up and down at best. A lot of people are coming off the books in two, three years too. So it's not like you know, like Rick Nash comes off in two, three years. 
Rick um, Nash is off after this year. Is it? Is it this year? I thought it was the year after. Maybe you're right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Nash is on an expiring now. And Nash is off the books this year. Stall will likely get bought out next year. Stall will that, never get bought that, out. Next that year. alone creates you ten million dollars in cap space. And if Kevin Hayes takes his game to another level and JT Miller, at worst, stays on the same level, those Stall and Stall and Nash being off the books is where you find money to extend those guys. That, and that's what's going to happen exactly. Uh, Shattenkirk gets number 22 from Nick Holden. Nick Holden probably unhappy about this, but guess what? Nick Holden probably not going to be on this team uh, for the whole season. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, right, where it's been so quiet. I'm start. You start to get the vibe that the Rangers are going to hold on to Holden into training camp yeah. just as injury protection because uh, you never know. But And again, I think- we crap on Holden all the time, but he's a good sixth defenseman. He's suitable. Not good. Suitable. He's a good he's a good depth defenseman, and some team is going to realize that and trade the Rangers a draft pick for him. But at this point in the offseason, there really is no harm in keeping Holden through training camp and then trying to move him because injuries happen to other teams too. So there's a team right now that thinks they're fine at defense, and then one of their top four defensemen gets hurt, and it creates an opening for a player like Nick Holden. Exactly. So – Gordon, Gordon's playing it right. He, if he doesn't see an offer he likes right now, keep holding through training camp. If an injury happens on the Rangers, you have insurance. If it doesn't, one will happen somewhere else, and now you have a new training partner that you didn't have in July. And if you don't have if you don't have Holden, you have Mindulith and Russia anyway, so you're good. Yeah, and this is something I've said on the podcast before. I I don't see a scenario where Alexei Bears got. Beraglazov. Pronunciation, the Blue Shirts Breakaway Podcast. There's no there's no way Alexi is not on the Rangers come opening night. Simply for because of the European outclass. I think you're one of the only people to be saying that too, to be honest with you. I, uh, I, I, I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm alone. Um, I haven't seen too many Brooks, other people. Brooks mentioned it, but didn't make a stand as much as I am. I just it's the European outclass is big. I I don't see a way the Rangers let this guy slip through their fingers. I think there's a difference. It's not me saying he's going to play 81 games. It's me saying the Rangers are going to keep him on the roster. I think it's very possible Baraglazov is their seventh defenseman to start the season, uh, and then you just wait for an injury to happen to one of the top six. But I see no way that the Rangers break camp and Baraglazov is not breaking it with them. He'll definitely break camp. I just I don't know if he's going to be on the team. Uh, it's going to be tough. I, he, I think he's going to get sad a lot, and then he, why, wouldn't he, why would he go back? He would just go back. Why would he stay? Yeah, but he's, ma- he's making NHL money to be set a lot. That's actually a fair point. Money does speak large volumes. So, yeah. Sh- Shattenkirk, how do you think this conversation went Went with Holden? Uh, so, we signed this guy. Oh, you no longer have that number. You think there was a conversation? No, probably I think not. the Rangers just gave him 22. <laughs> They're just like, no, we need to decide the numbers. They just sent Holden a text message that says, sup, it's ours now. Thanks. You think they even sent a text? I bet Nick Holden woke up and just checked Twitter and was like, Evan Jackkirk's number 22. Wait a second. Uh, remember when a couple weeks ago we didn't realize that Holden was 22? Wow, that was great. Because uh, he's that not was, that, was a fun, that was a fun moment. He on, did take number uh, five, right? No, that was just a rumor out there. Oh, I think okay. some guy was just saying that. I, I highly doubt. Ugh, I hate these the rumors. The Rangers would give out. Dan Gir- they're not going to give out Dan Girardi's number that quickly. I just fall for this stuff so easily. I, I hate this rumor stuff, and I, we have a section coming up. But let, let's get to it now. Two more things I want to touch on. Uh, Hithel scored a goal. He's not going to come over here this guy this year, but I'm excited about his prospects. Maybe well, the... he might come over. Here's the thing: he might come over. He's just not going to play in the NHL. No, if he comes not... over, he's going to Hartford. Yeah, if he does that. But I don't. I I think he's probably better off playing in Europe. Uh, he's. I'm. I'm liking more and more what the Rangers did by picking him at 21st. At the time. I was very skeptical on it, but if he was technically a top 10 pick in the next year's draft, if he was there, obviously that's what you'd want to do. You want to make make the most out of your draft picks for your future. Jeff Gordon's building for his future right now, and Hitler seems to be proving him right at this point. He's been scoring goals left and right uh, in the offseason, and he seems to be developing into a, a potential uh, all-star forward, possibly. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, I can't really complain about it for right now. We still have so long to go. He's only 17. I know, but also, you're falling for this, too. You're falling for the Summer League trap. He's playing against other prospects. Yeah, I am. I expect him to score goals against other prospects. I'm falling for everything. Yeah, like rumors, Summer League. I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but guys. That's just you, though. That's your job. Yeah, this is like saying a guy hit 40 home runs in A-ball, and all of a sudden he's going to be Giancarlo Stanton. Like, come on. 
I let felt the guy. I felt for that trap a bunch against, of times too. Trust me. Let let the guy play against older competition, and then we can accurately evaluate. He's great. He's super talented. I think he's got potential to be a top six forward for sure. But I'm not ready to anoint him as Gretzky because he's scoring some goals against other prospects that aren't going to make the NHL this year. That's this crazy. he's. I'd be more concerned if he wasn't dominating this level. The fact that he's dominating is kind of what I expected. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be worried if he wasn't. The fact that he is is – look, if Lonzo Ball didn't dominate the summer league, I'd be more worried about that than him actually doing it. He was going up against guys that aren't going to get contracts. No, half of those guys are are never going to play in the G League, and then they're going to be out of the G League in two years. So Yeah, so I get it. I'm, I'm excited about Hiddle as much as the next guy, but can we stop anointing him the Lord and Savior just because he's he dominated in a prospect camp and he's dominating in – the World Junior Summer Series. It just like, is. On, it is, just is nice that he's playing well and he's young yeah. and he could have possibly been a top ten pick. So it's kind of like we he got. Would, it's kind of like we got two. It's kind of like we got two top ten picks, except for Leas. Oh, fuck, am I doing it again? Leas. Le- uh, no, I think it's Leas. Is it Leas? I got it right the first time. Leas yeah. Anderson uh, wouldn't was not technically a top ten pick on most draft boards. That's all. Um, but that's fine because he's going to be possibly our third line center and could develop into what we need here. Uh, as a Ranger team. That's all. That's all. So let's move yeah, on from just, that. Yeah, just everyone calm down. Hiddle, Hiddle's an exciting prospect, but he's 17 and he's not. He's better playing Europe this year. Yeah, let's, let's relax. Let's let him develop. All right. This is a new segment on our, on our uh, podcast. It's, it's kind of touching on the rumors that I've been following for. This is called This Ain't Happening slash Reality Check 2017. Here we go. Mark Stahl is not getting bought out this year. We agree on that? No. The only explanation I saw that makes any kind of sense is if you buy out Mark Stahl, you have an immediate plan to use the cap space you are creating right now. And I don't see how the Rangers would use that newly created cap space. They have plenty of cap space as it stands, and that's even with a Zibanejad extension coming down the pike. It's... It doesn't make any sense. Look, I, I want Stahl off the roster just as much as the next guy, but you can simply just sit him. You don't have to buy him out. You can buy him out next year, eat one more year of his contract, and save yourself a year of dead money down the road. Exactly. There's, there's, no, there's no reason. Let you him, might, let you might buy, buy out Mark Stahl if you're looking to trade for a big name and you're making a playoff push. Now, why we would do that this year, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. The Rangers are going to enter the regular season with plenty of cap space after a Zabinijad extension where they can still make a trade for a center that'll be a soon-to-be free agent, especially if another team takes a contract in return, which I would expect them to do. Uh, I just, yeah, it's just it's rare for a team to buy out two players in one offseason, especially two players that would cost as much money in four to five years as Girardi and Stahl would. I totally expect the Rangers, if they can't trade Stahl, and again, Stahl with the no movement clause doesn't have to ever agree to a trade if he doesn't want one. Why would he ever again? One more time. Right, right. But you you save yourself a year of cap space money down the road just by keeping him for another year. Because there's a chance that Stahl is not abhorrent this season as a third-pairing defenseman. You could do worse as a third-pairing defenseman, and the Rangers have enough depth where... Could you? Could... Yeah, you could. You could have Girardi. It would, uh, um, could you? <laughs> it would be pretty tough. We'll see. It would be tough, but no, they're not buying him out. It, it, again, unless the Rangers have a plan that we don't know about, which is totally possible because Jeff Gordon doesn't talk to anyone, if the Rangers have a plan to reinvest the money they would be saving by buying out Mark Stahl, do it. I just don't know what that plan would be. It doesn't make any sense. They, they have enough money to extend Zibanejad and theoretically, and I'm doing air quotes that no one can see, trade for someone like Tyler Bozak without cutting Mark Stahl. That's my next thing. That ain't happening slash reality check 2017. Bozak for Holden. That's not happening either. I keep seeing no. all these rumors on Twitter like, oh, what's this Bozak deal going down? Guys, it's not going down. What sources do you have? That, what official sources have ever said anything like that? I've heard the only official source I've ever heard say anything is there's a lot of chatter about Holden at these meetings, but it, well, none of it was linked to Bozak at all. It just kind of seems like a nice fit. We even had another writer on to say, like, listen, it's probably not happening. Bozak's too good to trade for Holden. Same. The Leafs are going to do the same thing the Rangers are going to do. There's really no reason for the Leafs to trade Tyler Bozak before training camp, just in case an injury happens. And all of a sudden, Bozak, 
Bozak's role becomes more prominent again. It's good to go into training camp with an increasingly high amount of depth. The Rangers are going to do it with Holden to protect themselves from injury. The Leafs are going to do it with Bozak to protect themselves from injury. If a center gets injured on the Leafs or if one of their big cogs gets injured on the Leafs, they're going to need Tyler Bozak more than they're going to need Nick Holden. And look, if the Leafs really wanted a cheap defensive upgrade, Johnny Oduya signed for $1 million today. He was sitting right there. The Leafs could have signed him and they would have been no worse for wear. And I don't know what the Leaf, what the league has on Cody Franson that this guy can't get a contract. But Cody Franson is a perfectly capable third, maybe even in a pinch, second-pairing defenseman. And these guys are just sitting on the open market. There are more defensemen available than teams know what to do with, and that's why the Rangers haven't moved Holden, and that's why they're not going to move him until training camp. Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. Uh, the last th- that ain't happening slash reality check 2017 is Blue Shirts Banter gave Adam Glendening a grade of incomplete and not an A. Thanks, Blue Shirts Banter. I really appreciate that. Obviously, you missed out the talent that he was. Did I read the article? No, not at all. So. I'm sure. I'm sure the incomplete is more of a uh, slight to Elaine Vino than it is Adam Clendenning because again, Clendenning, when given the opportunity, performed. Just not, uh, just not fair to my guy who uh, ate a whole pizza, then came on this podcast, then also uh, disagreed with me on the hot dog sandwich question. But just not fair to him who played well the entire time he was out, with the exception of uh, two very bad passes that led to goals. So. Yeah, Clendenning was fine. He should have played more. We really don't need to beat this horse anymore, no, especially just, considering just, just the fact that. Look, we had him on the pod. Yeah, it was, well, it was it's over now. It was great. It's over now. He's in Arizona. He's going to get ample playing time. He's going to be a fun play for me in fantasy hockey this year. Absolutely. But, yeah. It, Blue, Blue Shirts Breakaway fantasy hockey 2017. They are being funny. And, ha, you know, some, sometimes, when, sometimes when they're being funny, it's not funny. All right. Minduleth is our next project to get on this podcast. All right. Uh, let's head on to nonsense. Oh, you, you have a question about that? About no, I'm, just, I'm going to focus on Ranger fans and other sports. TJ Rivera is my new guy. I'm, I'm going to try and get TJ Rivera on the podcast. TJ had oh, – we'll get to this. All right. Let's 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 If you guys come to listen for Ranger and only Ranger news, we're ending that now. We're heading on to nonsense. Thanks so much for coming on and listening to us. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Blue Shirts Break. Uh, you probably do stay for the nonsense, and we'll do that now. Last week, Greg, you and I hmm. met up on a Wednesday night, a humid Wednesday night in Queens, uh, New York, and we hung out with a couple of our friends, grabbed some wings, and we also partaked, partaked, partook. Uh, we participated together in a fun activity called Coco Loco, a snortable chocolate. We announced mm. this on the podcast two weeks ago that you and I would be doing a, a snortable chocolate. We actually bought it during the podcast, and yep. we had our Patreon supporters uh, support us to do that. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We recorded ourselves. It's on our Blue Shirts Breakaway YouTube at this point in time. YouTube. And uh, we'll probably have a link on our Twitter that we just talked about. And you can see us. Let's talk about this experience that we had together here, Greg. It uh, was awful. There's no other way to describe it. it yeah. I have a lot to talk about. But let's talk about you almost throwing up in my car first. Well, okay. So I, I almost threw up not because it tasted terrible. What, what it did was it, it, it's so dry that it literally shut down my ability to swallow and it created all, like a gag reflex because I couldn't get anything down anymore. So things started to come up. And it was the only way I could describe it is it's as if we did a cinnamon challenge in our nose. It was all right. So let, let's just be frank. I'm going to play a game called Let's Be Frank. I'm sure. Frank, and I've never done any uh, snortable drugs before in my lifetime, uh, right. medical or otherwise. I did not right. understand the concept of a drip, and or what a drip was. And a drip for all those people. You've never there. even done like a nasal spray. Uh, no, not really. And if I was a kid, I don't really. I don't think I really remember it. If that's okay. the case. So a drip is just like you know, it's kind of falling from your nose to the back of your throat. Right. At, at this point in time, it was kind of like Nesquik, like a powder dry Nesquik kept falling from my nose to the back of my tongue for the next like 10 minutes. And it was absolutely disgusting. Every single part of it. Yeah. The, the sensation you get when you do a nasal spray is one of it, it, it soothes on its way down. This does not, this did not soothe this, this created, it felt like you were trying it felt like you were trying to swallow air and you just couldn't. It, it, was, it, was, it was miserable. I, I, I can't even <laughs> try to be funny about it. There was nothing fun about what we did. It wasn't it, – the video is hilarious because you and I are just like this. Immediately 
after doing it, we both <laughs> agreed that it was a terrible decision. I did taste it, and that was also a terrible decision because it was. I really think I really think it's just slim quick. It just feels like they just ripped us off by putting there like, okay, we have this whole extra warehouse of uh of what is it powder mix for cho- yeah. for chocolate milk. What do we do with this? How do we get? How do we make a ton of money off this? Well, why don't we put it in one point two ounce uh little little containers, and from there we'll sell it as drugs, <laughs> chocolate cocaine. For $25. And guess what? Yeah. They got us, it worked. They it worked. got us. Yeah. And if anyone asks, well, did you get an energy boost from it like it uh, advertises? I, I guess I did. And that's mostly because I was now worrying about throwing up, that I was more aware of my surroundings. I, I knew I was in a car and I knew I had to get out of said car. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't get an energy boost from it. I felt no different. The only difference was my throat was dry. My nose was chocolatey. It tasted like crap, and uh, I, I believe I, it, dur- it, during it, it, the, rocked, it rocked my trust. I believe during the video itself, I say I can taste my nose, which is uh, uh, it felt accurate at the time, but I don't think that's possible. No, if uh, if Coco Loco was looking for us to say good things about their product, sorry, buddy, uh, I'm not not going to be able to do it. Nope, uh, I we- can't. Look, if you wanna, if you have the urge. To buy Coco Loco, do us all a favor. Give it. us that money. And we'll do something better with it. <laughs> well, I promise. We'll figure something out. I don't know what it will be, but uh, all right. Let's move on to what I did over the weekend, where you're going to rail me a new one. Now, hear I'm me out. Hear me you. out before you do anything else. Let me give my monologue, please. I appreciate it. Saturday. Uh, let me paint the picture. Saturday afternoon, I uh, am hanging out with a good dear friend of mine, and we are wondering what we should do for the rest of the day. We go through. You're already in it. Cuff, you're cuff. already in it. Couple different options. You're an idiot. Keep going. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Couple different options. Thinking about bowling. Eh, no comedy show. No, no thanks. And it, I, I, I'm looking through my phone. I'm like, wow, you know, it's Thor. It's Thor met bobblehead day, and I'm like 15 minutes from from City Field. So I think. What time? This- what time is this that you make this decision? Four o'clock. Okay, here's what you should have done at four o'clock. Yes. What you didn't do. Should have texted me. Yes. Should have said, Greg, I'm thinking about going to the Mickey tonight to get a. Syndergaard bobblehead. What do you think? My response would have been, should have been there two hours ago. Yes. Uh, now, I'm not the, I, I did not do that, as you guessed. Uh, my plan was to go to the game, get a bobblehead for you, and then present it to you as a gift. It was mm-hmm. a, a gift opportunity for my dear co-host, Gregory. <laughs> it's only making me angrier now. Keep going. <laughs> so, I bought tickets. By the way, got hooked up from TickPick. Had a $25 discount from Dick. Just TickPick. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> from TickPick. That would have been a better idea, but keep going. Uh, yep, uh, from TickPick. And uh, they, they hooked me up, and I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the game. Got some okay seats up, up there. Got to the game. No bobheads to be found whatsoever. Nope. It's very hot and humid, and it's raining a bunch. And I'm like, all right, you know what? We'll stay at the game for a bit. So we're at the game. And now before I say anything else, I am a, a strong advocator of not leaving games. I'm, I mm-hmm. am. I am just mm-hmm. – I've never left a game, even if, like – I'm not a Mets fan. I was at the Mets game for fun. Uh, I I really don't leave games early. I even stayed at a game with you to the 13th inning in April. That didn't matter. Uh, and I, I got home very late because of that. If I'm paying for a playoff game that the Rangers are playing in and they're losing 5 nothing, I will sit until the game is over. I paid to be there. I'm sitting there. This is the time. <laughs> I left this Mets game in the 5th inning, the, the top or the top of the 6th after the Mets uh, pitched. And I decided, well, uh, you know what? It's 5 nothing, and I will just leave. So mm-hmm. I, got, I got started raining. I got up and left. And I checked my phone uh, as I was going. And then the Mets started scoring. They scored two runs. And I was like, well, you know, they probably won't win. Uh, and I, I won't feel bad about this. And then they tied it up. And then they won in the bottom of the ninth. And I watched it <laughs> from not my seat. And I felt like a total asshole. So, Greg, now is your time to tell me how I'm an idiot. Well, that'll do it for us on Blue Shirts Breakaway. <laughs> you this is our final podcast. I've never been more disappointed with you in my entire life. You, we stayed. We went to a Met game together. Yes, we did. Against the Braves in April when it was below 40 degrees. It was miserable. We stayed for 12 innings. Yes. Till the end of that game and Matt, the Mets lost. Matt Kemp hit it. Yep, Matt Kemp hit it. It got double. to a point in that game where both of us, you and me, a diehard Met fan who – Ride or dies with this team more than anything else. I turned to you at the start of the 12th inning and said flat out, 
I don't care who wins at this point. I just want it to be over. Those were my words. Yes. And you said, and you know what we did? We stayed for the entirety of that game. And I wasn't angry afterwards because I was so fucking cold. That's true. And still, Ryan. Yes. How much money did you spend on these tickets? Uh, in total? $35. First of all, before the game even started, I would have told you not to go to that game for two reasons. One, you weren't going to get a bobblehead at 4 o'clock. I didn't People know. were lining up outside the city. Yeah, but this is why you <laughs> – Ryan, we talk to each other almost daily. We do. Yes, all that's you had true. To do yeah. was, all you had to do was just ask me and be like, Greg, thinking about going to the Met game. I want a bobblehead. Do you think it's possible? I would have told you no. You would have. You honestly would have had to get there around two o'clock to start standing in line. I had no the line idea. Went from the, the, the rotunda to the subway station. Is it? it was it so popular because the Thor look, looks like a dildo? Like the Thor, the Thor. Hammer? It was so popular because it's Thor. The dildo made it even more popular for people like you and me. Okay. <laughs> um, you weren't getting one. So if the whole purpose of you going to this game was to get a bobblehead, I would have told you flat out you weren't getting one. I, and then to leave the game, six innings. Why even go? Like honestly, why even go to a game? You stayed for less than two-thirds of a baseball game. I, I I did stay for a little bit less than that. It was – I went to get kind of just do something for the night. I wanted to get out. I kind of wanted to go to a game. We both Go to a bar and put the game on the TV. Yeah, you would have had more fun. Yeah, we probably would have should have done that. I had a good time. I'm not going to lie. But I am super pissed at myself that I missed the walk-off bottom of the ninth uh, because yeah. that never happens when I go to games. Every single game I've ever gone to is like, uh, oh, it's Rays versus Yankees, and then the Rays get crushed to like 5 nothing. Or Chris Young hits a walk-off home run in the ninth, and I lose my shit. It's, it blows my mind that you, a baseball fan, would leave that game. I, I would have understood. I, I don't understand ever leaving a game early. I don't understand anyone who would leave a game early before the end of the seventh. Because if you leave a game before the end of the seventh, why go? Like There, there are two things, two things that make me angrier than anything else when I had a baseball game. If I miss first pitch... I, I'm angry at myself and I kind of don't want to go. Like, if I'm on a train and first pitch is happening, I'll just be like, fuck it, I'm going to a bar. Even if I have tickets to the game. It really? feels disingenuous to go to a Yeah, if I miss first pitch, I, I my, like, it's almost one of those things where I ask myself, why is it even worth it anymore? Are you the same way with hockey? Like, so say you miss, like, an opening face-off. Any, I don't, I don't feel comfortable missing the opening of any sporting event. Wow, this is... I, I'm, the guy, I'm the guy that would rather be in my seats two hours early than... Ten minutes late. You could never live in Miami. They, no. they, they go to no games early. Everyone comes in like the third inning or like halfway through the, the basketball. Well, they can, I, I went to a game in Miami. I showed up at my normal time and I had no problem getting in because no one else was there. Yeah, you were the only one. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm weird. If I miss the start of the game, I don't know why I went. I, like the start of the game is just as important as the ending. I need to see the whole, I need to see the whole play. I don't want to come in an intermission. So, like if you if you so if you go to a movie and you miss the first five minutes, don't you feel a little out of place? Yeah, that. Uh, but you 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 can follow up. Like you can't like check on your phone what happened in the movie. You, you know already I mean, what you happened. Can. Well, theoretically, well no, you can't. You, you can't. You're not gonna get a yeah, play by play in a movie. It's just not. You, I bet you I can find a play by play of a movie online. I I don't want to take that bet because I'm assuming you could, but because yeah. everything, everything's on the internet, but you'd have to look pretty hard. I'm just saying, like I, I, I don't. Google's pretty great. Where if I put in first five minutes of X, I could probably even watch it on YouTube on stream. I know Baby Driver just did that, so you're you're true. I, you you would be able to prove me wrong on that point, but yeah. I just I just think it's different. Like I'm okay with coming to a game at the second inning, just because I was nah, late. Nah, nah, nah. But you and I, you and if you wanted to go to a game and show up at the second inning, you will be going by yourself, and I would have already been there for an hour and a half. Wow, dude. We just do it differently. A ranger, a ranger game. I want to be there. I want to get there early. I want to sit in my seats for an hour. I want to do. The, I want to do all that. Baseball, I could be a little late. Football, I never want to go to anyway. And uh, and basketball is fine too. I probably want to be if there. I go to, if I go to a baseball game, say like it's a Mariners Red Sox game. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to be pissed if I missed first pitch because I don't really care about the outcome. I'm kind of just going for the atmosphere. Right. But if I'm going to a game, if I'm going to a Met game, I better be there for the first pitch. If I'm going to a Ranger game, I better be there for puck drop. Uh, if I'm going to a Knicks game, why? But I also better be there for <laughs> tip-off. Hey, um, Kyrie might be a Knicks, so hey, come on. Okay. Might be exciting. That's Whatever. not happening. That's not uh, happening. Don't, I just don't care. It's not happening. Yeah, no, but that's besides the point. We're getting off topic. We You're are. a fucking idiot. Okay. I'm, I'm, just, I, I just don't understand the... how you can leave before the – like the difference between leaving at the, in the sixth and leaving at the seventh is what, 35 minutes? Yeah, probably. Yep. 
and, and you, the thing you would have you missed the Jay Bruce if if you were there in the building for the Jay Bruce two run home I would have never left five run game I would have never left. safe situation there's no way you're leaving that. I would have never left you're right I will say this now I'm not a diehard Mets fan you know that I I have become I guess we'll get get to this now. I have become more attached to the Mets because you and I do this podcast every week. They've become my National League team. Well, clearly it's not fucking working if you're leaving in the sixth it's inning, you not... freaking communist. Well, this is my point. So I had uh, a bunch of different Mets fans around me leave before that and even with me. Now, I'm not first, blaming them. Uh, first first of all, okay. let, let me start here. Mets okay. fans are fucking terrible. Okay. There are, I, I would say if I wasn't a Mets fan myself, they would probably be my second – Least favorite fan base after the Phillies. Yeah, well, Phillies definitely number one. We knew that. They're they're just some Met fans are just so. I had one of those Met fans look, behind me all game. He was. Yeah, it's, it's, he complained. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm a miserable motherfucker when it comes to the Mets, but there are people a hundred times worse than I am, and I literally have to look at them then and ask them, "Why are you doing it? Like, why are you doing this to yourself?" The guy behind Don't. me complained the entire about it, time. Find something. Find something else to do. He spent the whole time. We should have traded Matt when he was a high commodity. They think this guy is something. He's not. Now we have that's, Wheeler, and he's that's not That's incredible in. because Wheeler started that game, didn't uh, he? Yeah, it, it was incredible. And then, that, then he talked about Wheeler and how he, the Mets think he's going to transform into something, and he's never been anything. And I had this guy just just rail on the team the entire time he was there before he left for the fourth inning. I like He just came to rail on the team and leave. That was all he came for. It was incredible. Yeah, he's. I fucking hate people like that. And I bet you he was the first guy on Twitter being like, oh my God, Wilbur, we're turning this around. We're a second half team. Bl- blow yourself. Like, find a way to do it. I, I hate <laughs> it. Take your bottom. I just, step. no, it's just, it's just, shut the fuck up. And then Met fans are all about trying. See, this is why Met fans suck because they were on a four game winning streak and now people are like, well, maybe there's a chance. And I'm like, no, fucking idiot. You're still 10 <laughs> games out of the wild card. There is no chance. Get rid of everybody. Yeah, but it's true. Everyone, it is an important point. And one of the Met beat writers, because I think he's just getting sick and tired of stupid Met fans tweeting at him about trade opportunities that just don't make any fucking sense. He just tweeted out today. He's like, bad teams sell at the deadline because they're not good. Good teams don't want bad players. Uh, yeah, fucking genius comment that is. But the thing is, the Mets have minimum three guys that are good and can help winning teams. It doesn't make any sense that Lucas Duda is still on this team. Jay Bruce? It doesn't make any sense that he's not already on the Yankees, first of all. That doesn't make sense. You're right. Uh, it doesn't make any sense that Jay Bruce is still on this team or that he isn't already on the Indians, especially with as much injuries as the Indians have, notably Lonnie Chisholm Hall. They're playing down an outfielder, and Jay Bruce is crushing it. And he's not on the Indians. I don't understand it. And it doesn't make any sense that Addison Reed is still a Met because all we're going to do is kill him before we're even able to trade him. And I know that the Dodgers have interest in Reed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers do at the deadline now that Kershaw's out for a month. Um, I know the Red Sox have interest in Reed. And I know they probably don't have interest in his Drupal Cabrera anymore because they're calling up Devers. Uh, but there are teams in the playoff hunt that have clear needs in the bulk. Everyone needs a reliever. The Yankees desperately need a first baseman to get Chase Headley out of their lineup. They desperately need a left-handed bat. And the Indians desperately need a power-hitting outfielder. Like, I'm just a guy with a podcast. Just a guy. About about hockey. Yeah. So it's not even about the Mets. It's about the Rangers, and we talk about the Mets. It can't be be this hard. The Mets are going to let Duda walk for nothing. They're not going to give him the – Draft pick compensation. He's literally going to walk for nothing. You don't think, and that's fine because we have Dom Smith. No, no, I'm saying if we don't trade him, like Duda walks for nothing. Bruce, I honestly will say I want Bruce traded just because I don't want the Mets to be stupid and resign him. So that's where that comes from. Yep. But there's no way the Mets resign Addison Reed for the money he's going to get. He's going to get a Melanson contract. The Mets aren't going to go five years, eighty million on Addison Reed. No, wait. Why would you I, do that? I mean, not not eight. What did Melanson get? Melanson got like uh, fifty, right? I don't know. I think around there. Four, he got somewhere around. Addison Reed at minimum is going to get four years, fifty million dollars. The Mets aren't going to match that, so trade him. The Mets aren't going to match any contract Lucas Duda gets, so trade him. The Mets shouldn't match any contract Jay Bruce is going to get, so trade him. We're ten games back in a wild card with six teams between us and the Diamondbacks, and we're one hundred and sixty-two games back in the Nationals. It's over. Find a new show. Get rid of these guys. Mark it doesn't – like – and I'm not saying get rid of everyone. Uh, I 
unless the Astros are giving me Bregman, Martez, Tucker, and another prospect, I'm not trading DeGrom. Unless, like, someone asked me if um, what the Cubs gave up for Quintana, what would they have had to add to get DeGrom? And I, I would have said at least Ian Happ on top of what they gave up and probably another pitcher. I think I would do that, though. I would definitely do that deal. If I got Hap, Eloy, Cease, and another pitching prospect, yeah, yeah I probably have to. Yeah, do you it. have to pull that trigger. That's a team. Like you just got yeah, a team. Yeah, just, just like if the Astros back up the truck and they give the Mets Bregman, Martez, Tucker, and another piece. Yeah, I have to do it. But what team's going to back up that? Tr- the the thing is, the Astros could back up that truck and they'll be fine. They could, and they'll throw AJ Reed in there for you too. So that'll be. But the Mets have no interest. What 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 does Reed do for the Mets? <laughs> Nothing, because you have Dom Smith. We have Dom Smith. Yep. Um, but yeah, like unless someone's offering that for Degrom, I'm not trading them. There's no package I'm trading Syndergaard for. There's no package I'm trading Cespedes for because I don't think you can get equal value anyway. Nope. Um, and you want him here for the next two years? Anyway. I'm not. I don't obviously trade any of the prospects because I'm not buying at this deadline. Nope. Uh, and that's been talking Mets with Gregory Kaplan. <laughs> I, would, I would. Well, I'm not done. I would. Consider, oh shit! Sorry. I would consider trading Mats, but I think his value is lower than what it should be. On the trade market. So, like, if I'm trading Mets, I want him to have a good last two months. I'll trade him in October or November. I don't – like, there's no point in trading Mets right now. Well, listen. Mats is kind of down in, in general. He's kind of been injured the whole time he's been around, hasn't he? Has he so really he's, had he's a good stretch? Yeah. He's always injured. But when he's healthy, he's good. I mean, he's had a couple starts recently where he hasn't been. I'd wait uh, then. But- why, why just wait for him? I would wait for him to be healthy. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's, yeah. there's if you trade Mats now, you're going to get what forty cents on the dollar, and this is a guy that has like five years of control left. Yeah, so keep him. If you're going to trade Mats, you do it in the off season, and you do it for a piece that has, you also wait. Can hold on, I have a question. Time. Has there been any talk about trading Mats? No. Well, okay. Then, so then. Uh, not not amongst actual baseball writers. Okay. Stupid Met fans, absolutely. Yeah, but the, uh, we just talked about earlier how the Ranger fans still think we're going to trade for Bozak. That's not happening. So yeah, and the, and stupid Met fans think they can just trade like. Dom Smith, Steven Matz, and a third piece for Aaron Judge. And then the Mets will have an outfield of Judge and Conforto and Cespedes. Yeah, and got- I think the Yankees would do that. No, the best one I heard was, I think it was, uh, it was Duda, Reed, and Matz for Judge. Aaron- that, was, that, was a real, that was a real thing Mets fans thought was possible. Aaron Judge has no price right now. He's untradeable. He literally uh, is untradeable. You he- think it uh, – yeah, Probably. He, I'm just trying. I'm trying to make a. There's one player you could trade for Aaron Judge. What? What? No, you, I would. I would trade Judge for. I would trade Judge for Trout. That's I would the one. Trade, I would trade Judge for Kershaw. Okay, you could make a. You could make an argument for. Here are the following players you could make an argument for. You could do Kershaw. You could do yep. Harper, Trout, and you could no, do. I wouldn't Paul. trade for Harper. Okay, because so you, I think you have to. You have to take into consideration control. Fine. All right, so fine. So no Harper. The only way only way I trade him for Harper is if Harper has a seventy two hour negotiation window, and I know I can get him for eight years. Fine, that's fine too. And he's gonna be, he might be a Yankee or a Cub anyway. And then yep. I think I think it's Kershaw, <laughs> Kershaw, Trout, and then maybe Paul Goldschmidt. What about Nolan Arenado? No, no way. I'm not doing it. I can't I think, do it. I see. I think Arenado very quietly is a top five player in baseball. I don't think it's quiet. I, I'm a huge fan of Nolan Arenado. I think. I think it's. I think it's quiet for people that aren't. Stupidly invested in the baseball. Like, like I bet you my dad. I bet you my dad, who considers himself a pretty big he has no baseball idea who fan, no one is. I think he has an idea who he is. I, I think he doesn't understand just how talented he is, though. No one is something else, man. He's a real player. Uh, Nolan is everything people want Manny Machado to be. And yeah, exactly. People value Manny Machado so highly, but Nolan is way higher than him on my list. Yeah, every every everything, and I love Manny Machado, but everything you think Manny Machado is, it's Nolan. is what Nolan Arenado is. Absolutely. Totally agree. And so I, that leaves us with just three players, right? And Paul Goldschmidt is a maybe. Can you say yes? Guaranteed on that? No, I think I would rather have Judge. Same. So it's Kershaw, who's a like a lock he's, hall he's famer. A, he's a, yeah, he's a hall of fame a lock starting hall pitcher. And years old. Mike Trout, who may be a top three player he's, of he's, all time. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and again, that's not us saying Aaron Judge is, you know, the second coming of Mickey fucking Mantle. It's, it's just, just his value. Is, that's where it is right now. It's, he's playing out of his mind right now, and he's got six more years of team control, and three of those years are going to be league minimum. Exactly. And, they'll, um, and they're going to try and sign him early, by the way. Yeah, it's just interesting because while I wouldn't trade Judge for anything, I don't think the Marlins were out of their mind asking for him if the Yankees wanted St- uh, Stanton. 
Uh, I think they weren't out of their mind two months ago. It, this is one of those things. Let's 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 bring this baby full circle. Okay. It's not out of it's not out of the mind for Mika Zabinijad to ask for five point three five million dollars in the Rangers to be like you're not worth that much. It's not the Marlins aren't out of the minds of being like, oh, you want Stanton? Fine, you're gonna give us Judge. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's fine. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, but I think the Yankees laugh now when they when if they the Yankees made this offer in April, they would have been like, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think the Marlins said in March, oh, you want John Carlos Stanton? We'll take Clint Frazier, Aaron Judge, and Chance Adams. I think the Yankees would have done it. Probably right. And man, that would have been a haul, a haul. For the Marlins. Man, that's crazy. You know what? The Marlins still would have been like a 70-win team. Yeah, they just – whatever. I mean, they're just – They got a curse on them or something. They, yeah. But they won two World Series, so – Right. So they're just as successful as the Mets have been in the Mets' 50-fucking-year history. Exactly. So. All right. Let's get to whatever. our last two pieces of nonsense. Let's get out of here. We have more nonsense? We do. We got two pieces. You ready? Okay. Michael Phelps raced a virtual shark. I was under the impression it was a real shark until I found out today it wasn't. How could what executive thinks okay a virtual shark will be okay? Here's the thing. Discovery Channel did a great job promoting this thing because up until Friday, I thought Phelps was racing an actual shark in the ocean with like a divider between them. So did I. I thought it would like, be like two different tanks in a pool and like it's just yeah. going to be all right, here it is. And obviously, I by heard, the way, a shark is going to win. I'm not every, every time. That. Every time. But I, I was hearing like there were going to be 15 safety divers. There was going to be a divider between them and they were legitimately going to race each other. And then I heard on Saturday, someone was like, well, no, they're not racing that side by side. A shark is going to be in one area. Phelps is going to be in one area. They're going to race the same distance and whoever gets their first wins. And I was like, well, that's lame. And then I hear it's not even that. It's just like, a oh, it's a shadow of a shark in a pool. That's it. A shark. A great white shark, and I, I'm going to credit Cousin Sal's podcast because there's no way I actually looked this shit up. A great white shark at its top speed goes 25 miles per hour. How fast do you think Michael Phelps, at his apex prime speed, do you think he swims, Ryan? Underwater, best guess? Yeah. 11 yeah. miles per hour. Six. Holy shit. Michael Phelps <laughs> tops out at six miles per hour in a pool. Oh. Great white shark, 25. Yeah, you're done, dude. Michael Phelps. Six. Like, you don't even need to have the race. As soon as those numbers are out there, it's like, well, I think a great white shark's going to win there, Bob. The the casual great white shark just hanging out, just chilling, just beats him. And a great he only white lost shark could take a shit and still beat him. He Mike. only lost shit two while swimming and beat Michael Phelps. He only lost by two seconds. That's incredible. Um, I well, just... The shark didn't give a fuck. The shark was probably just like, why am I swimming? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just living my life. Literally... You, think I, you think a shark gives a fuck about Michael Phelps? No, it's literally homeostasis for that shark. That's It's just chilling. That's all. The only thing that shark was thinking about is, can I eat him? And then when, once the trainer was like, no, you can't shark, the shark was like, then I'm not interested. I'm No, that's it. I, is he bleeding? Then I want him. Is he not? I don't care. Uh, I actually probably should ask this question before the podcast. Did you watch Thrones? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Did I watch Thrones? I don't know if you did stayed up. All right, let's talk about I, it. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an idiot. Sundays, Mondays are miserable for me because I don't get home from our friend Matt Valley, Pixel Valley's house, hey, until about uh, 10.20, and my alarm goes off at 2. com. Anyway, uh, yeah, there you are done for that, for sure. Yeah. All right, hey, let, let's talk about last night's episode. I have a lot sure. of interesting feelings about this. Okay. Does this feel rushed to you? Like, no. every, everything is too quick for me. I, I It's just like, okay. What, what, do you, what do you want, three more seasons? Jesus Christ, we spent... Ryan, we spent six seasons getting to this point. What do you mean everything feels rushed? It just feels... It We've feels, spent 60 hours with these characters. It feels so quick. I don't know why. Oh, I, 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 did you I'm want Danny in like the fucking red waist for another year? Like, no, what, what no, did you it was want? so boring. Also, I dislike Danny a large amount. I don't know what yeah, it is. You're an idiot. But it's, here's the thing. At some point in time, Ryan, all the, Today's podcast, all the webs... You're an idiot. Yeah, well, duh. Everyone knows that. Right? <laughs> okay, At some point in time, the webs need to intersect. And... Once they start, I guess you want what? You want like one intersection a week? No, I just, I just feel like I know what's going to happen now. It just feels laid out for me. How did you not know what was going to happen before the season started? I did, sort of. I, I mean, I, my prediction is the end of the season, Danny and John just hook up and get together and that's it. Oh, I don't think that happens. You don't think so? Hmm. I'd like, I, you want to take that bet? Uh, what are we betting? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Let's, let's talk about next week's episode. But at the end of the season, I think they end up together. No, I don't think they do. Okay. I think uh, I think Danny ends up in the North at the end of the season, but I don't think she is physically with John. 
Okay, because we know that now. We know now for for a fact next week they're meeting. Oh, by the way, we should probably say Game of Thrones spoilers. It's kind of, you, people you, know. You have to know at this point. If you didn't know, follow us on Twitter. Boy Shorts Break. See you guys later. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, they, they're meeting next week. It's going to be like this uh, meeting where Tyrion kind of knows that John's a good guy and he's vouching for him, and they could all like hang out at the same time and discuss. Well, listen, these White Walkers are coming, and this is our biggest threat. It's really not about Cersei at all. Like she's peanuts compared to what's going to be happening. So that that's fine. It just feels like there's there was like a lot of filler. Like okay. That Grey Worm sex scene. Now, there are great things that came from that sex scene, Greg. Great things. Yeah, Ram- Ramsey's boobies. Yeah, Ramsey's? Ramsey? Well, that's that's her character in uh, Fast. So, oh. yeah, I know her as Ramsey. I don't watch Fast. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, I know, because you're an idiot, Ryan. All right, so so Ramsey's boobies, for real. Great things came from that, came from that sex scene. But it was like six minutes too long. It yeah. was a long time. Maybe. The, the theme the theme of this week's episode was that was probably too long. The se- like the first time in history where a sex scene is too long. Uh, I didn't need all of Sir Jorah's skin coming off. Kind of enjoyed that part. By the way, winning an <laughs> Emmy for that transition to food. Loved it. That was so good. <laughs> I, 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 we were watching. There was probably like eight of us watching. And when that like once he once that happened where something goes in and pus comes out i just go ah and then i was like oh wait it's food like i just i verbalized it i was like oh it's food all right never mind we're good i have a question maybe we both didn't catch this so sam has kind of said that dragon glass cures uh grayscale is he cutting he hasn't i believe he said it no 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 no. he said he read about a formula that can cure grayscale and that's what he was mashing up for jorah they've mentioned dragon glass before i believe with it Right, because there's a whole pile of it in Dragonstone, which is the whole reason John is going to see. No, 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 no. For, for, hear me out on this. Dragonglass is is one of the reasons why, or one of the reasons how to cure Grayscale. I think they sure, mentioned that in the episode. If, if they mention it, that's not what Sam's using. Okay, that's that was my question. Is he cutting it off with Dragonglass? Does it look like that? No, that was very clearly just some kind of tool, little shizzle. Jesus. It now, was, it was one thing. So one thing. Someone did a deeper dive on Thrones than I never did. Uh, that I'm I. You, you might know it because you, you read, fucking I do. nerd. What a nerd. Um, so remember how in the first episode, uh, the Hound is looking in the fire and he's like, White Walkers, yep. wall. Yep. They're, they're going by it. He could fire see it right he, away. He doesn't, he doesn't explain how the White Walkers get through or around the wall. Someone did a deep dive on the opening credits. You know how it shows you know, the map of the world? Yep. Have you noticed that the map of the wall, uh, water on both sides is frozen over? Did not whereas, realize that. Whereas previous seasons, it is clear running water and river. I did not notice that. Yeah, now, now is season, that a touch because winter has come? Or is that just like, we'll, we'll walk around, it, idiots? It could be It could be we walk around, idiots. Wow. That's actually a good point. I, Man, this show has so much detail in it. Right, like who the who the fuck when they're making like oh let's put in the twins, they're gonna be like no hold on we're gonna put an Easter egg here we're gonna freeze this fucking water. Yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. Uh, other scenes I really enjoyed. Arya is just a shell of herself, and uh, her scenes are electrifying. She's actually a really good actress for her age and what she's been through. Just my personal opinion. The way I, and I think John has also developed into a pretty good actor in general. Uh, whereas I feel Danny can't act at all. So, I'm a hater. Amelia Clark, right now, whatever her name is. Amelia's she's she's a very beautiful lady. Uh, she can't act. She really can't. She's got dead eye. She's terrible. Like when she's when she's acting with the character guy who plays Varys, you could tell like that guy runs circles around her. And maybe that's because that's the character of Varys, or even Lady Olena. Like the Lady Olena's like character and personality just really shines through who she is. Whereas, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're forgetting that Danny is supposed to be a kid, man. Like, I guess I these mean, are experience. These are not only is Amelia Clark a young actress, but these are experienced people in this world that have seen more shit than her. So when they're when they're talking circles around her, they're supposed to be talking circles around her. I guess she's not supposed to know everything. I don't know. She just seems. I, I something about me makes me very. Something about her makes me very angry. I don't know. Hey, what you're a hater. I'm a hater. hater. I'm a hater. Uh, last thing I want to touch on Game of Thrones, unless there's something else, is the Theon ending. I... <laughs> Exit stage left. I cannot blame him one bit. I'm on Team Theon. I get it. I mean, can, can you? Yeah, I can't. I mean... You can't, 
You he, can't blame him one fucking bit. I can blame him a little bit, but I, I, if he goes at Euron, he's dead, dude. It's over. Euron's killing him. Yeah, like, but in a way, isn't he already dead? Yeah, that's true. He he was tortured, and you you know that was an incredible acting scene where you could see just through the emotion of the eyes he reverts to the torture that was ha- applied onto him, and he jumps over that ship edge, and you're like, well, it, that's Reek, like that's old Theon, and it just you can't I can't blame the guy. I'm I'm fine with him leaving. It is it does hurt that they just called him his protector for like five minutes before that. Uh, and that very ironic. I guess I should have seen that coming, huh? At that point, mm, probably, probably, probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What What does he do now? Is he just gonna float there forever? That, that was my thing. Is Is Gendry gonna come pick him up on his rowboat of forever? Like, how is he getting out of there? Like, I I, I kind of hope he just floats forever. I mean, he might. He might not end up drowning. I I just I felt like that would be a weird way for Theon to die. Because if he goes at Euron, Euron's obviously killing him, just easily. Is and, it obvious? Yeah. Reek has, he has like two fingers and like he can't move. <laughs> um, he's he's awful. He's done. I don't know. Uh, any any thoughts on Arya Stark or anything else before we go? Uh, the the, uh, the Nymeria scene was pretty cool. She realizes that she's a wild wolf now. Nymeria is not part of her anymore. All that, etc. Oh, you you got a lot deeper meaning in that than I did. Um, I, I did. Yes. Thought, I just thought I just thought the wolf was like, bitch, I'm out. <laughs> and on that note, bitch, we out. Greg, say goodbye. <laughs> I already did. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>